of the questions that I get about PCOS are period related, not ovulating, periods are irregular, not having a period, periods are heavy or painful. Something always comes up about the period. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking all things PCOS period problems and of course, what to do about it. You're listening to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of PCOS and how to repair the imbalances in your hormones naturally with a little medical help sprinkled in. Hi, I'm Ashleen Korczak, and with many years of medical and personal experience with polycystic ovarian syndrome, it is my joy to watch women reverse their PCOS as they learn to nourish their body in a whole new way. With the power of our beliefs, our mindset, and our environment, and the understanding of our genetics, we can heal at the root cause. Welcome back to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where today we are talking about period problems. This may have been one of the very first things that you noticed was off before you even were diagnosed with PCOS, maybe even as far back as high school. In this episode, I will cover what is a normal cycle and how to go about solving any various types of period problems. So let's get started. First of all, a normal cycle starts with a period. The first day of your period is considered day one of your cycle. Then approximately midway into your cycle, that's like the halfway point, usually somewhere after day 11, around day 14, comes ovulation. This is when you could get pregnant as your body releases an egg that is waiting to be fertilized. Again, ovulation usually occurs somewhere around day 14th because the average length of a cycle lasts anywhere between 21 and 35 days. That is a normal range. Women with PCOS, however, rarely have a regular ovatory cycle, meaning that even if your periods are coming at regular distances apart, there is some form of irregularity happening in the hormone fluctuations during your cycle, and these hormone fluctuations are likely affecting your ovulation and your fertility. Women with PCOS may miss periods or have fewer periods throughout the year, or their periods may come every 21 days or even more often. Some women will have periods that last two weeks and then start again two weeks later. Then there are some women with PCOS who stop having their menstrual periods altogether. And this is where usually we call it anovulation once they have gone three months without a period. Infrequent or irregular or prolonged menstrual cycles are the most common sign of PCOS, but what is going on and how can you treat these period problems? Just as with any symptom that we talk about here on the PCOS Repair Podcast, it all starts with your current primary root cause. You can learn more about that by taking the PCOS root cause quiz by going to nourishtohealthy.com forward slash PCOS hyphen quiz. As you take the quiz, it's going to look at what is going on overall inside of your body, what symptoms your body is demonstrating to help us better determine what is going on at the root of your PCOS. Now, let's take a look at the various period problems, what's going on, and how to fix them. So irregular periods can be anything from not ovulating, having early ovulation, which is going to be a short follicular phase or late ovulation, which is going to have a short luteal phase, or having no periods at all, which is going at least three months without a period. 
Irregular periods are really common with PCOS or thyroid problems, and they are usually due to hormone balances and things such as too much insulin being present on a regular basis, FSH to LH ratio, testosterone, coming off of birth control, nutritional disturbances, stress response, sleep disturbances, being overweight. These factors have a spiral effect. Each one plays off the other to increase inflammation, to worsen the other symptoms. And so as you start to correct one of them, you start to reverse that spiral and you start to see an improving spiral as compared to a worsening spiral. Spiral is a much better word to use in this episode since we're talking so much about cycles. Okay, so back to other period problems. Some women, in fact, a lot of women with PCOS suffer from very heavy periods. But what does that even mean? Turns out I have heavy periods and I just thought that was normal. I've never lived in anyone else's body to have a reference point. So if you think your periods are heavy or you're trying to tell your doctor that they're heavy, sometimes it's really helpful to have some quantitative data to go by. So you may have a heavy period if you find yourself using considerably more tampons or pads than normal. Normal being they should last you more than two hours at a time without leaking. In other words, you should be able to trust in the security of your feminine hygiene product for at least two hours. If you are like I am and you are constantly worrying about if it is going to leak, you have a heavy period. If you bleed through clothing or bedding on a semi-frequent basis. Now, semi-frequent only because we know our bodies, right? Like you've had a period before, so you know that if you're prone to heavy periods, you better be kind of on the ball and not forget to change out your hygiene product. So if you have a problem of a surprise leak through, then you probably have a heavy period. Either a tampon or a pad by itself is not enough. If you're someone who requires using both of them because you need a backup method, then you probably have heavy periods. And then if you really want to know the quantitative amount, so the actual measure of volume, then the normal period would usually have somewhere in the 30 to 40 milliliters. And anything over about 80 milliliters is definitely considered heavy. So if you want to measure the volume, I recommend using a menstrual cup, such as the Diva Cup, and then you can measure the output of your period for the duration. The other thing that can make a heavy period is even if you don't have any of those above indicators that I just listed of what would make a heavy period, if you have a period that lasts enough days, you're going to reach that heavy volume of menstrual flow just because it lasted more days than someone that had a very short duration of their period. Another period problem that I get asked a lot about are painful periods. Now, while painful periods are common with PCOS, they're even more common with something called endometriosis. Endometriosis and PCOS often go together. Hormone imbalance is going to make endometriosis even more prominent, meaning you can't necessarily get rid of endometriosis, but having a hormone imbalance is going to really swing that estrogen and you're going to have more symptoms if you're having a lot of inflammation that goes right along with PCOS. So when you see the two of these combined, it can be really quite the double whammy. 
if you are experiencing pelvic pain during your periods or between periods, it's really important to find out that root cause. There can be a number of different options available to treat these underlying conditions and manage your symptoms so that you don't have to continue to suffer and rely on medications to get you through. If you have extremely painful periods, I really recommend talking to your doctor about endometriosis and see what they think based on their physical exam and other tests that they have run on you previously or what maybe they want to consider running. Because while PCOS can definitely lead to more cramping and discomfort and a heavy period in general, which is common with PCOS, can be more uncomfortable, we don't usually see as much debilitating pain that really impacts your daily life. Now, of course, there are always exceptions, but when we're seeing that, I definitely don't want to just be like, oh, you have PCOS. Like, of course, you're going to have painful periods because more than likely you have something else going on, possibly something like endometriosis or fibroids or other conditions on top of PCOS. Just because we found one concern doesn't mean we shouldn't keep looking for others. But the good news is, is that even though neither of these conditions, PCOS or endometriosis, can be cured, They both respond very well to lifestyle changes to reduce inflammation and optimize health. And the even better news is, is that the lifestyle changes go hand in hand. In other words, whatever you need to be focusing on, what your current primary root cause is, is going to assist both PCOS and endometriosis, and it's going to benefit the symptoms of both. Okay, so how do we start managing all of this? So we have these period problems. What can we do about it? So the very first step in management is data. If you have information, it gives you a starting point. It gives you a conversation to have with your doctor. It gives you information on, is it worsening? Is it improving? Are your periods indeed heavy? Are you appearing to be ovulating? Are you not appearing to be ovulating? Like it gives you so much information to go off of. So the first obvious one that most people get is lab work, making sure that you have a full workup. And if any symptoms change, I recommend retesting labs. The other thing that you're always wanting to make sure when you're testing labs, just like we talked about with the endometriosis, you always want to be considering other health issues that may need medical attention. Just because we have previously tested our PCOS hormones and we didn't show signs of insulin resistance, prediabetes, or heart disease, that doesn't mean that things can't evolve. And so we want to make sure that we're constantly monitoring them, constantly being at least every couple of years or if symptoms change. And then we want to also log our cycle patterns and symptoms. So this is going to include everything from monitoring your basal body temperature and other indicators, like if you have ways of testing your hormones through urine strips throughout your cycle. These are all information pieces that can be very helpful. Remember how I was saying you could actually measure your period output? That would go into this part, like getting that information If you're bothered by something, getting the data to back up what's happening is really the first step. Then we go on to discovering why, which is where we look towards the root cause. By taking the PCOS root cause quiz to help get a full picture of how your body is responding to its environment, you're going to be able to see why and where it's struggling so that you can address the problem head on. Then we start making the lifestyle adjustments. Begin making the lifestyle changes your body needs. You can learn more about those in episode four, which I will link to in the show notes below. And then that brings us back to data. So it's kind of this constant loop. We come back to, we looked at what was happening, the labs, the tracking, the body temperature, the 
hormone testing throughout our cycle, the looking for patterns, looking for lack of ovulation, for when ovulation is happening, is it early, is it late? Then we look to how can we improve that, our root cause. Then we come back to the data. Continuing to monitoring and tracking so that we can see what isn't isn't working so that we can continually make adjustments accordingly. So there you have it, an overview of the problems that can affect your periods, which can lead to difficulty getting pregnant or your period getting in the way of normal life. If you have found this episode helpful, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you are notified each and every week when the next PCOS health topic becomes available. And if you have any questions about this episode or any of the other episodes of the PCOS Repair Podcast, I invite you to connect with me over on Instagram at Nourish to Healthy so that we can continue this conversation over there. And until next time, bye for now. Did you know that studies of PCOS epigenetics have shown that our environment can either worsen or completely reverse our PCOS symptoms? I believe that although PCOS makes us sensitive to our environment, it also makes us powerful. When we learn what our body needs and commit to providing those needs, not only do we gain back our health, but we grow in power just by showing up for ourselves. This is why I've created a guide for you to get started. My PCOS fertility meal guide can be found in the show notes below. I want to show you how to create an environment that promotes healing while still being able to live a life that you enjoy. This guide is completely free, so go get your copy now so that you can step into the vision that you have for your life and for your health.